Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome along to the Rocky Road Boxing Podcast with me, your host, Kevin Byrne. It's, uh, it's fight week in Dublin. This Saturday, Katie Taylor takes on Chantel Cameron in a rematch for the undisputed World Light Welterweight Championship. Last time out in May, Taylor fell to her first professional loss on what was her homecoming bout. So this time she's coming not only for Cameron's belts, but for revenge as well. The last time Katie won a title in Ireland, she was up against today's guest on the show. Taylor had won four Irish titles in a row, all by walkover. And then uh, she finally had an opponent it's uh, from Tipperary. It's Shauna O'Keefe. Welcome to the show, Shauna. And I'm also joined by your uh, trainer and co-manager, Kevin Mitchell, a uh, fantastic former British boxer. Welcome to the show, lads. Thank you very much. Hi, how are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. How's things, folks? I believe, Shauna, you're uh, based in London at the minute and you've got a professional debut coming up on December the 8th. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. How are things over there? What brought you to London? Um, things are going amazing. Preparation's going really, really well. Um, I got an opportunity to come over and train with Kevin and for Kevin to manage me. So when I got the opportunity, I couldn't say no. Um, I moved over straight away and started preparation for a pro debut. And uh, Kevin, I believe you've been quite impressed by Shauna's ability. Obviously, Shauna's a very experienced amateur boxer. I think you've, Shauna, you've got 13 or 14 year, maybe more years experience in the amateur code at this stage. So You've seen it all, but Kevin, you've been quite impressed by her transition to the professional scene. Yeah, most definitely. I've, um, basically, I come back from, I don't know, I think it was in Guadalajara, I'm doing wider with a Canelo fight. And um, I come back, and then she flew back on the Sunday, I got back on the Sunday, on the Saturday, on the Sunday, I'm sure I come to England, and we had a little, 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 little training session together. Basically, she picks up things very quick. In that one session, I was thinking, about the this kid, she's very smart, she picks up movements quick. Yeah, she's got a sponge. She was um, she was very easy to train on that, on that first session. Um, and so on from then, it's just getting better and better and better. Um, I've upped the training, obviously, get the harder, doing sponge, some great sparring partners, um, world champions and things, and she's doing very well. Yeah. And Shauna, we'll, we'll discuss some of your amateur background here at the minute uh, before, we, before we get uh, crack more into the professional stuff. Like, yeah. Uh, why did you start boxing in the first place? Obviously, young girl from Tipperary, strong GA county. Uh, you know, we see Rachel Blackmore, the success she's had on the horses. But what was it about the, the call to the ring for you? Um, so I actually, did, I, I participated in every single sport, but my two brothers, uh, two older brothers were in boxing. And I used to go watch them all the time. And I absolutely loved it. But 
I had fear of starting because like back then females wasn't it wasn't common for a female to become a fighter. Um, there was only one girl in the club at the time, and I just didn't have the confidence to do it. And then one of the girls in my school started, and when she started, I started, and the rest was history. I never looked back. To be honest with you, best mug yeah. I ever. Even back then, uh, Katie Taylor was the the main role model for young girls starting off in boxing. Yeah, she was. Um, and she's the one I've been watching and looking into since I started since day one. I've been to all her amateur fights in Ireland, every single one of them. And I've been to most of her pro fights as well. She's my idol. She always has been. Okay, so you're, you you were once a rival, but you were always a fan. Oh, always a fan, never a rival. It's um, all even getting into the ring against her in the All-Ireland final. I had everything to gain, nothing to lose from the experience. So, and it's Katie Taylor, like she's the best of the best pound for pound. Like they're, you're getting nothing only, um, um, you're only gaining from getting in the ring with her. So yeah, it was a great experience. Was it in any way frustrating though, because your route to places like the Olympic Games, European, uh, European championships and world championships was slightly barred by being in the same weight class as Katie Taylor. It's going to be a difficult task. To be honest, it wasn't then because like it was only 20. So like I didn't aspire to want to go to the Olympics back then. It was when actually I had to face Kelly Harrington and facing Kelly Harrington, getting bet in a 3-2 split, such a close um, contest. And then she goes on to go for the Olympics. It was after fighting Katie. Then I actually really believed that I was good enough to maybe go for the Olympics. But unfortunately, it just wasn't meant for me. So um, Kelly went instead. Yeah, because I mean, in and around your weight class in Ireland, we've had three world champions. You faced them all. You, you you were the first to fight Katie Taylor in a in a final. You fought Kelly Harrington the final, following year, having beaten Amy Broadhurst in the semifinals of the Elite Championship. So your CV is stacked with the best of the best, really. Yeah, 60 kilos has been the best weight division in Ireland for female since day one. So I started boxing at 14. I was 57. I stayed at 60 my whole entire career. And even when I went to face Casey, my coaches wanted me to go 57, but I didn't want to. Um, I wanted to get in the ring and face Katie. I knew I'd be okay. I'm well able to hold my own with um, absolutely anybody, and I'm fully sure of that. So that's why I did. But yeah, I never really turned down a fight. If you want to become the best, you have to face the best. And that's what I've been doing my entire career, even in the pro game now. I'm only in the game a few months, and I'm facing the best of the best at my weight already. So it'll only progress me on that. That bit quicker, do you know. Can you bring us back to that final? It was in November 2015. It was the 2016 elites. It was, it was the run up to the 2016 Olympic Games. Taylor was a reigning champion from London 2012. Um, can you bring us back to that fight? You, you know, you decided I'm going to enter at 60. I'm going to fight Katie Taylor in Dublin. It's not quite the same task that Chantelle Cameron has. She's already done it and she's already been victorious. But can you tell us about the task that faced you and your memories of that fight? I know you brought a busload of fans up from Clawmel Boxing Club, which was riding high in, in the, the amateur scene at the time, you know, like multiple champions from Dean, uh, Dean Gardner, Con Sheehan and stuff like that. So like Clawmel was riding high. But can you tell me about the uh, the pressure you felt or maybe you said you went in, you know, it was, a, it was a win-win situation for you. But tell us about what the fight was actually like uh, to, to face Katie Taylor in, in Dublin. So it was actually my very first elite. So I was 20 years of age, but I had to actually uh, win a semi-final. So I, I boxed a girl in the semi-final to get the golden ticket is what I called it to face Katie Taylor. So there was about 120 that came off from Clamel. The atmosphere was absolutely electric. You should have heard it. Like Clamel can make noise. And when I came out for my elites, people always showed up. And we made noise. Like. So um, to be honest, it was one of the best experiences of my life. There was music playing. I remember warming up with my coaches and I was dancing in my corner. Like I was free of the bird. I was just, I was loving life. I, 
the crowd was just electric. The whole experience from start to finish was, it was, um, and I, I'll never forget, I actually spent the whole night awake. I couldn't even sleep. Like, I was so excited. And the adrenaline just kept me going for probably a week or two after it. Um, yeah, the whole experience started to finish. And even the fight, like, we did four kills. And I actually did extremely, extremely well. For every punch she threw, I had another one coming back. The third round was given to me out of four. So, yeah, um, it was amazing. Yeah, it was the best night of my life, to be honest with you. Yeah, set you up for a good run. And obviously, you had that win over Broadhurst the following year. Lost out to Kelly Harrington on the tiniest of splits. I think Kelly went that year. She won, I think, EU Silver the following year. She was world champion. And then, you know, it all it all went up. Um, but you, you ended up having a long time out from the sport. Can you tell us what happened your years away? Um, so obviously, you know, with uh, Kelly being um, reigning champion, it's either staying in the sport to be um, a sparring partner or go off and um, follow a career. So I decided to become a personal trainer and I opened a gym and I managed the gym for six years. So I just um, pursued a different career for a bit of time, um, raised a load of money, built a big platform in my personal training um, industry and uh, came back last October, put a glove back in my hand and I, I never looked back. It's probably yeah. the best for my entire career, to be honest with you. Now, uh, Kev, uh, you you had such a such a full career in boxing, like nearly nearly forty wins in the professional scenes, ABA champion at the age of eighteen, you know, professional at, at a young age. You got out of boxing at thirty one. Sean is coming up on thirty one in a couple of years. Like you're at different, it's completely different careers. But I suppose there's there's different ways to kind of to peel the onion. Do you, do you feel that Sean is coming into professional boxing at the right time? I guess women's boxing is burgeoning sport. It's blowing up, really, isn't it? Most definitely, you know, I'm not a quite a 31. I had a very hard career from the age of 10 years of age to 31. Very hard, successful, lot of ups and downs. And, um, yeah, I was back to back from 10 to 31. But I believe girls, they don't look like, 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 like heavyweights, the same sort of thing. They go into their 40s. I think women, they mature a lot more older, like physically. I think even in their like, late 30s, they're still that's when they're at their best, I believe, at their peak. I've been sure coming back into boxing in 29 years of age. It's a very good time for us. Um, in the gym, sparring the likes of Caroline Dubois. sparring very well with good fighters. Um, yeah, she's just showing me a lot of, lot of progress and talent. And I, I'm, for me, I'm very excited to train her. Over the years, obviously, I've done a lot of work with likes of Joe Cordina's, Phoenix Cassis, John Wilders, Martin Walls. Vicky Burns is, I've been in the Dunlops, I'm training with these little fighters, man. But I've taken on my old stable of fighters, and Sean have been one of my, my, one of my first elite fighters as a pro. I'm really excited for it, because she's shown me a lot of promise. She works very hard. Yeah, and um, I'm so excited to watch her for a pro debut. I think it's going to open up a lot of eyes to show how good she really is. Shawnee, it, it must be a pleasure to be. I know he's sitting there beside you, so you can't exactly, uh, you can't exactly give out too much about him. But like Kevin's seen it all in boxing. Like he's, you know, fought every, fought every style and worked with every style as well. And not just a, not just a good athletic and a powerful fighter, but a very canny and clever fighter during his time in the ring as well. So like he got it upstairs too. I think. How's, how's things been working in the gym for you? Like I'm sure you're picking up an awful lot. Yeah, his boxing IQ is um is uh, through the roof. To be honest with you, like when I came over, I'm I'm a walk forward kind of brawler uh, fighter. Like I just go for it, and he's kind of slowed me down a bit. He's he's getting me to use my boxing IQ. He's getting me to roll. He's getting me to move. He's getting me adding to different flares to my um boxing. So we're becoming pretty much all rounder. 
But it, like this is only the beginning. I'm only at it two months and we're starting to pick up little things. So imagine what it'll be like after six months to a year, two years time. Like it's just, yeah, I'm going to develop more and more. I'm going to pick up more and more from Kevin because he has it all. He's a full rounded coach, like because he's a full rounded fighter. And that's what I want to be. I want to be versatile. I want to be able to do it all. If he tells me switch, I want to be able to switch. And I believe that's what I can with Kevin. What was it in 2023 that made you decide I'm going to give this another crack? Because obviously you're away for a long time, you know, uh, working as a personal trainer and stuff like that. I know you had some severe injuries as well in that time, career career threatening injuries. Was it the hand as well, Shauna? But um, what what was it about 2023 that made you want to go back, like maybe for another crack? And when you began at the start of the year, you won the elites back in January at the National Stadium. Was turning professional the goal was it was it go back amateurs get fit get firing and eventually turn professional what was it then so um well i was managing a, dub, uh, a gym in dublin at the time and this is when kelly and uh, amy were like soaring in their careers to be honest with you and i watched them all through the six years that i was away and i was watching all the progression that they made and believe it or not they're actually the reason i got back female sport and the amateurs is the reason why i got back because i had such an amazing career and my standard was up as high as the girls so I just kept looking at them if, if they can do it I can do it and that's what literally kept beating in the back of my head like I I just feel I felt like I was destined for so much more than what I was settling for so I quit my um my job in Dublin I moved back home and I made a vow to myself in October that I was going to give uh, boxing 150% like I came back I was 78 kilos I was so out of shape like I mean so out of shape but I worked so hard Turn off for training twice a day, every day. Cut out the bad lifestyle, the whole lot. I mean, I just kept my head down and went for the elite. It was when I won the gold medal in May. Um, what I did in such a small space of time, that's when I decided that, yeah, I'm going to turn pro. I'm going to look into every avenue and find out as much information. And I'm going to turn because I always had this idea, you needed a big medal, like I needed an Olympic medal or whatever to turn. But because my pedigree was so good and because I was so active as an amateur, I found out it was just as easy to go do it um, with the pedigree that I had. So I looked into everything. It did take a bit of time. I, I was training with a pro coach in Belfast for a bit of time. And um, I waited for the right time. I got these offers on the table and I just felt like it wasn't the right one. It didn't fit. I knew there was like bigger and better out there for me. So I waited and I got the call in September to come to Kevin. Literally within two or three days, I was on a ferry and I came over. Kev, do you find that sometimes uh, some amateurs who stay very long in the elite systems, particularly in Britain and Ireland, maybe stay too long and they're maybe quite difficult to work with? I know you like... Some of the boxers you work with, like even Joe Cardina, he's he's slotted into the professionals, but he spent an awful long time in the GB system. Are some boxers just too difficult to 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 take that out of them almost, like to, into to fully fledge themselves in the professional game? Being a trainer, like what you got to do is is a transit. Being a good three round fighter and then being a good twelve round fighter, they've got to make the right move with the right training, give them the right stamina work, the right fitness regime. And the right lifestyle. There's a lot that comes with being a trainer. There's a lot. It takes two to tango. The kids got to understand the trainer as well as the trainer to understand it, understand the fighter. And transitioning from an amateur to a pro, there's got to be doing the right work day and day out. There's baby footsteps, little footsteps to make make progress. I don't expect to show us make massive progress in our first debut, but over the space of three or four fights. She will make huge progress. I'm watching her doing things in the gym that's far in, the likes of Caroline Dubai, 
World champion, and uh, doing things, little things are working while making angles, stepping across, swiveling around the dips, taking a turn with the punches instead of using fast shots, swiveling through with a power. Little things like that. I expect it to start coming out of coming out in a pro fights in about three fights time, but she's doing it now and sparring. Yes, but little 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 movements, so little little bits of progress, and then you start seeing other space about three or four fights, five fights, six fights. You see massive improvements. You look back from the first fight to the sixth fight, think, bloody hell, this kid's come a long way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all about doing the right training day in, day out. And if you look at any like uh, if you look at any list of maybe like the best British fighters that just maybe fell short of winning the world title, you you find yourself on those lists, Kev. Like, uh, but you've you've already gone on record as saying that you believe Shauna can become a world champion uh, and you know before a professional debut, which is quite a statement. Yeah, you know, I've worked with a lot of fighters over here. So a lot of elite fighters working with Tony Sims and that Dan the gym for the past. I was doing the training down over the fires down there before I retired. So two years into the past, 39. I'm now 39. So like 10 years I've been training with top elite fires. So I know the capabilities of kids have got in my hands. I know kids that, some kids that like, like the limelight, like the fame, more than actually being a fire. I'm aware of them sort of kids. I'm aware of kids that, have, that need a lot of work doing some, they've got the capabilities. She learns very easy, she picks up things very quickly. Um, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big thing for me to say that, yeah. But I just believe uh, I watch her train, I watch her the space of like two months. She's progressed so much in two months, which is nothing. That two months is like like nothing in time of like to make make room for improvement. But she's making a big improvement in that in two months. So um, yeah, I think she's doing something special in this sport. She does something very good. Um, yeah, she's very explosive. Um. Saying no names, but I watch her knocking out girls in sparring and things, and that's like I watch her knock out a girl in sparring. And you're not talking about like a mediocre girl, you're talking about a late, a late champion, like a late champion. You got as an amateur, like, like one of the top fighters, and she's doing she's doing things as far as like Freddie Pullen, spars my my son Conor Mitchell, and they're top top like 18, 19 year old amateurs, and she's not she's she's doing very very well. Shauna, your recent experiences and what Kevin says about you and your ability must give you an awful lot of confidence going into, uh, you know, the start of this professional career. Yeah, definitely. It's the hard work and the graft, the determination, the constant, the constant showing up no matter what. But it's just seeing those little improvements and um, seeing the adjustments you're making in the sparring. The biggest confident boost that I've got, even though I said when I came over, the first person that I had in my in my mind that I wanted to spar is Caroline Dubois because mm. the best you have to be in with the best and getting in the ring with her and I'm holding my own and I'm doing extremely, extremely well. That's the confidence boost that I need. Don't get me wrong, I'm not going to run before I can walk. I know it's a long career ahead, but I'm off to a really good start. I'm off to a really good start. So, yeah, pro- progression-wise and everything in regards to uh, preparation for my uh, pro debut. It couldn't be going better, to be honest with you. And uh, regards, like, regards the big step of moving up abroad from Ireland, how's life treating you at the minute? Um, I want to also ask you about, like, uh, you, were, you were vocal on Instagram in the past about, like, you know, suffering with an eating disorder and kind of helping yourself to overcome that in recent years. How, how are you keeping with that? And can you tell us a little bit, a bit about how that affected you? Not pig. Um, <laughs> I have a great relationship with food now, to be honest with you. It's unbelievable. Uh, Thanks for the cat, by the way. I'm really <laughs> good with my food. Um, 
yeah, it was a hard thing, to be honest. It's been a trouble of mine since I was a kid, but in the last, I'd say, like three or four years, I've got very good control of it, so it's not really a worry anymore, but it's a lot to do with my sport, and I know what affects my sport, and anything that affects my sport, my career, and anything like that, I don't do it, so... Um, yeah, it's been good. My diet is pristine. I eat pretty much the same thing all the time. I don't pig out. I'm not one of those. I don't drink fizzy drinks. I don't really eat shit. So I don't end up going down those roads of um, wanting to do that anymore to get me. So yeah. I'm doing all the right things to keep myself well, mentally, physically, the whole lot. It's a growing issue, though, as well, isn't it? Because I even saw on the news ticker, I was just watching Sky News there before, uh, earlier on this morning, and I saw, I think, one in five uh, older teenagers uh, I think female teenagers uh, suffer with eating disorders and stuff. So it's such a growing issue in the modern world, isn't it? Because of society and because of uh, social media and everything, like we didn't have all those things back then. What brought mine on? I was a really chubby kid. I was a really fat kid. And uh, I love my, my food, like, to be honest about it. That's how it grew. And then it got out of control. Yeah, it, then, no, it, no, it got it got out of control then as I started boxing then because obviously being a young child it's really hard to understand losing weight and you're not you're not taught it. You're not shown the right ways of doing it. So you're literally winging it and ends up what ends up happening, you just end up starving yourself thinking it's the right thing to do. Or, and then because you're limiting yourself with food, you end up binging out really badly to the point where you're making yourself sick and then you're making yourself sick to make weight again. So it's like a vicious cycle kind of thing, but it is really hard. Um, a, a lot of teenagers now, it's because um, peers, it's peer pressure why it's happening now because everybody thinks they need to look like this person and that person. Nobody's happy in themselves. And I can say at 29 years of age, it took me until I was 28 and literally find myself and fall in love with myself. But it was a lot of um, it was a lot of work I had to do on myself. Nobody yeah. else. Myself. Myself and everything else. Nothing else mattered after that, to be honest with you. Yeah. And Kev, obviously, life after boxing can be quite difficult as well. I know, like, you, you spoke about sometimes after your greatest, after your some of your def- hurtful defeats, you'd maybe go on the booze for a while and maybe then it'd be difficult to get yourself up for the next fight. How's life treating you since you hung up the gloves yourself? Yeah, it was good. You know what, back then, it was when I was like, it was only two fans. Nobody spoke about mental wealth and things. Mm. Basically, I made a lot of money fast. I made fame, fame very early in my life. And... Looking back, yeah, I probably struggled with um with all that. Yeah, I was struggling with it all, and I used to eat the booze every, and that was my medicine. Booze just trying to forget things. But as I've as I've got older, um, I think the best thing for me was walking into this job. I love, I love, love, love helping fighters, young fighters, and guiding them in the right in the right way, and teaching is what I love doing. I think doing what I'm doing now. I'll be 10 times better as a trainer than I ever was as a fighter. So I've been doing what I'm doing now. I love doing what I'm doing now, working with young talent. But even not so much young talent, helping young kids that perhaps are not that talented fulfill their dreams. Yeah, yeah and I love doing that. You see, um, for me, the time has been good. Um, I've had a few hard times of losing my brother and that. Lost track a little bit and got back on track. Um, it's a part and parcel of life. We'll go through it. Um, yeah, but I'm really lucky in life to be a coach. I've got a reason to be doing what I'm doing every day. My, my life's very structured and scheduled out. Yeah, I love coaching. Young talented fights coming through. Yeah, it's great to hear. Yeah, because I think I was reading your uh, retirement statement almost from Matchroom, and you, you even said back then that you, you wanted to maybe become a PE teacher one day. So I guess you're doing something along those lines, helping young people uh, you know, find their way. Most definitely. I'm friends with my old school, my old school teachers, my old PE teachers, Mr. Gray, Andy Gray. 
And in order to go eventually go back into schools and put, get in academies in schools, building up big academies in schools and getting young like, street kids on themselves and finding talents and getting them into gyms and bringing them for as fighters. But I'm doing that anyway for amateur clubs. And um, yeah. It sounds like you lo- it sounds like you have the love for boxing even more than when you were fighting. Well, most definitely. I love the world. And I work, working with Sean up with young fighters like Freddie Pullen with Sun Connor, bringing them through. I love doing I work with a lot of amateur clubs. They bring their kids to me. I do one-to-ones with them. To get them, meeting them up and tighten their defences up and that. I love doing what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I truly am blessed with what I'm doing. And yeah, and you watch what I do. I, I want to ask... Do a lot of champions over the next five or ten years. You know, were you ever tempted to make a comeback? I see uh, Patrick Hyland, the uh, the Irish featherweight, fought for a world title against Gary Russell Jr., you know, and... Um, He's making a comeback next year at the age of 40. Did, what do you think of that? And what, did you ever consider it yourself? I'll tell you something about training. I, I put on the gloves for the first time in eight years of the day. With this and that England. I've done eight twos, but basically, you never sparring in midweeks. We never had sparring in, on the Wednesday. So basically, I said, oh, I can do eight, man, eight twos. Yeah, yeah, no matter. I, I'm the hammer. I thought I've got it in me. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> She beat the granny out of me. <laughs> Glad I to hear it, Jonathan. No, but all jokes aside, now um, I've never come. Listen, if this, if this if they've not fulfilled what they, they need to fulfill and they feel like they want to put the glass back on, that's up to them. But for me personally, no, like, I'm not, not even joking. We've done eight twos every day, didn't we? And I was trying to teach you my mindset of when I fight inside. How I, how I, um, but if they like, try and rub off a bit of like, Iron sharpens iron sort of thing and teach her how to punch and stuff. And um, yeah, like when you get old, you get old. And it's, it's, it's a young man's sport um, and a young woman's sport. I'm retired, I'm retired for a reason because the, the, the fire died out in me sort of thing. So I'm happy to be coaching, but to put the gloves back on, never after no. she beat me. No, <laughs> fair enough. Shauna, uh, life in the gym, like you're obviously working with a, uh, alongside a number of champions and, you know, doing your sparring with uh, with Kevin as well. Like you must have seen some uh, some interesting things, obviously as a bit of a box, as a massive boxing fan yourself. Um, It's the big thing for me is being brought over here. And then obviously the big week I had in Matchroom Gym and just being around the likes of Joe Codino and all that and him in my corner um, giving me advice and telling me after a few days of training over there that I'm going to be a world champion, stuff like that. That's stuff people like me only dream of, to be around the the, um, the likes of those. And then to train with Kevin and just see the progress in me and mix him with the best of the best. Like You told me last year when I came back, this would happen within a year of coming back. After taking six years, I probably would have laughed at you. But then again, the more I think about it, it's like, Nothing's impossible with me because when I have my when I set my mind on something, I go for it and there's no stopping me. And that is no word of lie. Like I'm gonna go for my um pro debut. We're gonna absolutely storm through this division and I am telling you now I'm gonna be world champion. A hundred million percent I'm gonna be world champion at the lightweight division. So fair play, that's that's what you want to hear, like proper belief. Um I want to move on and ask you about the upcoming fight at the weekend. Chantelle Cameron returns to Dublin to defend her, uh, her undisputed 140-pound championship against Katie Taylor. Speaking about belief, Katie Taylor's coming off her first professional loss. Kev, do you think she's going to be, uh, do you think she's going to be, not men- like men- not mentally dented, but like Katie Taylor's always been quite bulletproof. Do you think, she- what's she going to have to consider now going in for a rematch after suffering her first loss? I think she's obviously, when you get beat like that and you get beat in your first loss, 
for me, it's like traumatizing. I found it really hard. Um, but what it did do, it lit up a fire in me that made me come back 10 times stronger. Um, I think she'll be back more stronger than ever. I think that little fire in her, in her belly, that make her train harder, that make her listen more stricter. I think personally, I think you're going to see a lot more better fighter in herself. I think you'll see more complete fighter in herself. The best fighters in the world, the best fighters on the planet, my best, my, my best ever fighter, my one of my idols, which I've become a friend of late in life, is a man called Roberto Duran. And they get beat and they come back. The best fighters in the world get beat and come back. Very few don't get beat. But um, I think she'll come back stronger than ever. I think she'll put in a very um, a good shift that night. I think we're in for a hell of a fight. I think the fight is going to be a lot more... I think it's going to be a war. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Shauna, what do you what do you think? You're 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 going to the fight on Saturday night. Uh, you're a big Katie Taylor fan. I presume you're a big Katie Taylor backer, but obviously yeah. you're aware of, of Chantel Carmen. I think you boxed on the same bills many many years ago. I think uh, I found you both on the same bill. I think at the together. Yeah. Um, I believe that it's going to be a complete different Katie Taylor coming out. I watched the press conference and she just has this more calmness about her, more relaxed. She seems more ready mentally and physically. I think it needs to be taken in, into account how quickly she took the fight. It was six weeks out from taking Amanda Serrano, from replacing Amanda Serrano for Chantal Cameron. It wasn't Kate Taylor. We all love, know and love in the ring. She didn't do any of her uh, movements. She didn't do any of her checkbook and she stood there. She didn't really move much and that's not Kate Taylor's style. I guarantee you, from what I feel, there's going to be a complete different Kate Taylor and it does. It does light a fire in you. We all know she's been bet before in the amateur since she came back tenfold. And I believe it's going to be the exact same thing again. See, we all know Chantel Cameron. We know she's the powerhouse. But we know Katie Taylor wasn't even 10% of what she was in that fight. So I guarantee you we're going to get 150% of Katie Taylor this Saturday. I believe Katie Taylor will beat her. I you believe. Her. Yeah, 100%. I believe she has the, um, the makings to beat her. And I believe we'll see it Saturday night. Kev, how much can the big homecoming affect a fighter? You had your big one at Upton Park, I remember it well, against Kat Cetus, and it didn't yeah. go it didn't go your way that night, but you probably found yourself under massive pressure that night, emotional pressure as well. And I'm sure, I think Katie yeah. Taylor's even spoken about that, about her last fight in Dublin. Yeah, most of when you fight in your own crowd, like for me, it was like back then, like people were struggling to sell their to arena. That world box of Upton Park is worth saying football ground. Like, yeah, the whole of, the whole of, the whole of England was there. Um, for me, it's a lot of pressure. Emotionally draining, so draining for me. The whole thing was draining. I was only a kid. But, um, yeah, it's a big thing. It's such, such a big thing having all that homecoming and that. So it's a massive, big thing. Um, not just as physical as the training camps are, it's just mentally draining. Mm. It's such a massive thing for um, I do honestly believe she'll come back a lot stronger now. She'll be a different fighter. Um, yeah, I think we're in for a hell of a fight. I think it'll be, it'll be definitely, definitely a war. Yeah, that be like I admire, I admire Taylor's bottle for stepping up a weight division to fight uh, Chantel Cameron the first time around, and to go for it in a rematch. Like I already thought she was already a bit nuts, Katie Taylor, in in a good way, you know, taking on any challenge. To be going for it again is even more so. Like I mean, obviously, tasted defeat. I was ringside for the last fight. I thought it was, I thought it was quite close from ringside actually, uh, but. It's when you go back and rewatch it, you realise that there's, there's a bit of a distance between them. Cameron can improve as well. She she says that I think you know the whispers are that she believes she can get a stoppage this time. 
she says she felt Katie Taylor's power and she can walk through it. But then again, Taylor says she 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 said, I didn't feel any power from Chantel Cameron and she's grown a lot since too. So Chantel Cameron's a great fight. I don't know if she's a great that's what makes this fight so interesting and so good, the Dreamax. They're the both top notch fighters. Um I think wherever what they both say back and forth, they're gonna be bickering back and forth, wherever they say it doesn't really matter. Will come into it. it makes it interesting, but for me, I know it's going to be a lot more of an art of fight this time. I don't think I think it's going to championship rounds in the start marrying from like round seven onwards. You can start seeing um, who really wants it the most. I don't think whether they kick back and forth, whatever they say, I don't think it really matters. But I think it's all down to their preparation. How the training camps have gone. We all know you get little niggles in training, injuries, colds, coughs. How that's gone from back and forth with one that a cough, that one's at a cough, one ain't one, one, the one has, the one hasn't. There's a lot of stands on being a fighter and the training camp. Injuries, there's so much into boxing in the training camp. Like, you don't know whether one of them is like figuring out, pulling out, whether they've they got a cold or whatnot. So that's what makes boxing so interesting. And what and also happens on the night, who turns up on the night? And that's the massive who turns up on the night. Yeah. Who wants it the most? I'm sure, mentally, who wants it? Yeah, and no, I don't think Taylor's going to be found wanting in that department. Uh, no, no, same with same with Carmen. I'm sure. I think this fight has probably come too late for like uh, women's boxing is changing and evolving. This uh, the, the Taylor era probably won't see you know tw- uh, twelve round three minute fights, but possibly in your time now as a professional boxer, Sean, uh, that's going to come your way. We've already seen Amanda Serrano. Go that way. Would you be in favor of uh, increased duration for women? Or because I think the counter argument is ten twos actually oh. makes for very good, very exciting fights, high action, uh, high octane fights. You know, twenty minutes of all action. Um, so wh- where would you stand on it? I'm not to, to be totally honest with you. I don't mind the trees, right? But I'm not for it. They're giving out about like there's not enough stop to this, this, that, and the other thing. But my argument that I've made, and I have to have a conversation with Sky Nicholson about it the other day because I have to give her props, her physicality, the, the work she's put in with her since equal, which is amazing. What's lacking in the women's sport, they're not focusing enough on the physicality of the fighters. They need to do more S&C to make them physically strong enough, do what Kevin tells, um, swivel into your punches, um, generate more power by twisting the hips, uh, rotate more. That's what needs to be done, not the three. So... If you watch him, Amanda Serrano and um, Erica Cruz, right? Unbelievable fight, 12 to and uh, 12 two minute rounds. Unbelievable war, right? And then you watch her last fight, the 12 threes. Amanda died in the last three rounds. It started to get sloppy. It didn't look great. There wasn't power in her punches. That is what you're going to see. You're going to see a decrease in a decline in the women's um, ability, um, their momentum, their punching, their accuracy. It's going to get messy. So why not just leave it as it is? Women start um, building their S&C, building strength the way they need to because that's something that I did for the last year. I really focused on my physicality and that's why I have strength because I'm I'm strong and I'm swiveling through my punches. Not the fact that I need another minute to knock somebody out. I can do it in the two, mm. you know? I believe for the girls, I don't, I've been sexist when I say this. 12 threes is very hard. I've done 12 threes. I've done... 15 threes, I've sparred a lot of hands, a lot of different hands and that. But I believe if they want to step up to freeze for women, they should make like European title fights and world title fights, perhaps nine threes, because the national's are bloody very hard and physical. And for British 
almost half right. Perhaps seven breezes, which is that very hard. But Sean is right, the physiology side of things, women, women I think, need to concentrate more on that more than the normal rounds. Doing the freeze is a lot more strainful, a lot more stressful, and it's a lot more dangerous. But um, There's a study yeah. also done that uh, women don't recover as quickly as the male do after the three minutes. The minute's not enough. So yeah. what you do, do you up it to three minutes and give us a minute and a half? Sure that, that just messes everything up, do you get me? Yeah. We need a recovery. So... There's a lot behind it, and I think it's going to take a lot of time for it to be done properly. Happened, yeah. Yes, it's it's going to take a long time. So, in my eyes, I I think leave it as it is, and that's yeah. been oh. It's strike. I used to I used to feel the opposite. I used to feel that three minute rounds were the answer, and and probably maybe twelve of them. But I, it it does strike me now that anything any move that would make the sport more dangerous is probably not something that should be entertained. You know, it's fine as it is. It, it women's women's boxing is growing, and the fights are quite entertaining. So. Why make the fights longer and more dangerous? If you're looking for knockouts, there are other ways to deliver. And I believe, Shauna, you're uh, you're aiming for that yourself. I want to ask you about um, how, how's your uh, adjustment to London life uh, living? Are you up in Essex now or what's the story? Where are you living? Where are you staying? How's things going there? Yeah, based in Essex, I'm living in Brentwood. I'm staying with Kevin at the minute. And yeah, I'm loving it. So I, when I come back in January, so I'm going to go home for a week or two and spend a bit of time for Christmas with my family. Come straight back over into camp because... Um, um, all going well when there'll be another fight straight after Christmas so um, I'm going to find a place to live and I'm going to move to London um, it's where I need to be it's where my trainer is and I need to be um, training full time to progress on more and more so yeah I'm going to base here people are great training's unbelievable I'm I'm happy here so yeah it's going yeah. great good I hope Kev you've in- introduced her to the, to the right pie and mash uh, shops and jelly deals as well you know that's, it has to be all the way all in there I'm not tuning yet for a prime match. I've got to take it for one year. I'll take it into East London. I'm making weight, so we're not doing that yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so basically after Christmas comes back, it's before it goes into camp, I'll take it for a prime match. I'm not a lot of agility. It was all right. But I do love the prime match. But um, yeah, I'll take it to the sort of prime match shop and see if she likes it. Good stuff, good stuff. And I, I, would you... Um... I asked, uh, I had Darren Barker and Emma Brennan on as well. And obviously Darren's quite, quite closely aligned with Matchroom as you would have been yourself. Yeah. As you would have been yourself. So I was just wondering, like, does, does Sean have an opportunity to fight on Matchroom cards or would she be a free enough agent? Would you, would you, would your plan be for her to be free enough to, you know, move around between boxers, uh, Matchroom, BT, Frank Warren, Queensbury, et cetera, et cetera. The plan is for the minute, what we'll do is, well, she's 29. She's very, very talented. She just she learns quick. I'm going to progress them through very fast with the ranks. This is a six. The next one will be an eight. I'm going to make a mandatory for like a big title, European title, and get into a European title for four or five fights. And basically, then get get on a matching show, or a, or a boxer show, or even a Frank Warren show. Yeah, I'm open to all, all, all offers. But in a minute, just gonna move her first. Let's get her four or five fights in first yeah. and get her progress into the pole. And then, then we're gonna to start talking to the big promoters. And uh Shauna, ideally for you, is it lightweight or are you happy enough for boxing at light welterweight as well? Obviously, uh, us Irish boxing fans are familiar with the fighters in both divisions, just from watching even Taylor's fight, uh, Taylor's progress since she turned professional. So um I'm staying at lightweight division, but my goal is to uh be world champion at both. 
and that is yeah because I'm strong enough for both divisions um but definitely yeah I can move up like well there 100 my power is there for it she might seem quite easy but you definitely move up the way she's heavy handed I'm a very heavy handed I'm sparring a welterweight and I I did extremely well there's a stone in the difference my power was way more than hers and she's stone heavier so goal is both yeah. and she's she just won a European title that girl so yeah definitely we go between both I think lovely yeah uh, this year you had a bit of a homecoming and you had a, a mayoral reception down in Clonmel that must have been special um, and obviously we're looking at Katie Taylor having her homecoming fighting back in Ireland that must be a, a goal maybe next year or the year after as well yeah, definitely. The mayor's reception was um was absolutely amazing. Having this support that I have from my uh, local town is brilliant. It's just bring back a bit of life to the town. Uh, we have amazing talent coming out of Clamel. Uh, what the Clamel Boston Club has done for the town is unbelievable. They should get more credit than what they get. But um, I plan to do more. I plan to be the first one to bring back the world title to my hometown. And um, yeah, definitely. Uh, the goal is to bring a homecoming to the Tree Arena and even a homecoming to Simple Stadium in Thurles. Have a proper big homecoming in Tipperary. 100%. That sounds good. I'm sure uh, will you be more than welcome over, Kev, uh, for that as well. Lads, I will, uh, I'll let you go there. We've uh, we've spoken about lots of things there and I really appreciate you joining us today on the Rocky Road. That's been uh, Kevin Mitchell and Shauna O'Keefe making a professional debut December the 8th at the famous York Hall. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you very much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. 